Live from Chicago, it's Josh Holtz. <laughs> I can't even get through it. <laughs> you... <laughs> Welcome to Launched. I'm Charlie Chapman, and today I'm excited to bring you the lead maintainer of Fastlane, co-founder of Rockin' Cat, and indie iOS app developer, Josh Holtz. Josh, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I uh, So I have a confession to make to you uh, right off the bat here. Okay. I probably have a confession or two to make to you as well. Oh, wow. Okay. This is going to get right to the heart very quickly. Um, yeah, we are. <laughs> so you, you've you been on my list from the beginning. Uh, I think at some point, whenever I was entering this world, you followed me on Twitter and I was like, kind of like, you know, crying a little bit like, oh my gosh, the maintainer of Fastlane. Uh, this, is, this is a thing I use at work. This is like a real, you know... I don't know. It felt it felt like this big moment, and because you followed me, I thought maybe I can convince him to come on my podcast here. Um, and then we kind of we kind of became friends. I, I don't want to put. I would say so. I would say so. Okay, I think that's fair. We talk frequently, and uh, I feel like I put you in a little bucket that maybe is unfair to you. Of uh, I can ask him last minute <laughs> and won't be as embarrassed <laughs> if I need to. So you've kind of been in this little holding cell as this like buffer that I had. I mean, to be fair, I kind of put you in the same bucket as well <laughs> for Indie Dev Monday. Oh, okay. Yes. Your newsletter, which we'll definitely talk about. Yeah. Yeah. So we were in same kinds of buckets, but different buckets. Okay. So we both put each other in reserve apparently. Um, <laughs> yep. So yeah, I, I let myself get way behind because I get nervous to ask people if they'll come on. And uh, I got way behind uh, for this one. I get that feeling. So much so that we are going to have to record on, on a Friday right before the Tuesday that these normally come out. Why aren't we just streaming this live? Yeah. Well, because I don't want anybody to have to hear the amounts of stumbling I do in, in real life. Oh, that's fair. But if anybody listening who may be wondering, probably nobody noticed, uh, but we're actually, this episode is coming out a whole week late. The reason is not because uh, I forgot. It's because... I set you up to record this very last minute, and then uh, the night before we were supposed to record, my son got very sick. Uh, mm. Not yeah. like, oh no, is he okay sick? Just like lots of throwing up and no sleeping. And so so we ended up pushing this back a week. That's rough. I mean, I feel like time is already in a very weird spot right now yeah. where like, I'm pretty sure it was last Thursday, like two weeks ago or something. Like, I'm just, I don't even know when time is anymore. Yeah. I, I thought about doing the whole... Uh, you know, announcing on Twitter, hey, this episode is going to be late and, you know, whatever the thing you do if you're like a proper channel or something. And yeah, yeah. And then I thought, I bet you nobody will notice it. If it was every week, that would be different. But if it's every other week, um, I'm not sure. I mean, you kind of need like a rest week, like uh, <laughs> just, just to kind of like let the brain relax a little bit. Exactly. Um, so anyway, so let's actually get to the show here. So <laughs> oh, before yeah. we get into Fastlane and uh, all of your interesting projects that you have going on, let's give everyone a background on who you are. So the three questions I ask everybody is, where are you from? Do you have formal education related to what you do? And then what was your career like? We'll say leading up to Fastlane itself. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Um, I'm currently living in Chicago, Illinois um originally from milwaukee wisconsin uh it's just like an hour and a half north pretty similar region still but uh from chicago that was the first question oh it's friday afternoon what was the second question <laughs> do you have a formal education related to what you do formal education there we go yeah so i went to the milwaukee school of engineering uh where i studied software engineering 
And I also took some programming classes in high school as well. So I had three years of programming going into uh, Milwaukee School of Engineering. I did a lot of a lot of Java. Um, <laughs> so I kind of have a formal education in what I do these days. I mean, the stuff I do these days, I didn't learn in school at all, but school helped build me up into uh, being able to learn the stuff that I need to learn to do what I do today. Yes. Right. Did I nail it? Yes. Yep. Yep. Nailed it. You, yeah. I will give you an A plus <laughs> on that question. You got yes. it right. <laughs> All right. Third question. Third question. What? Let, so I guess let's just say from you, you graduated, I'm assuming. Yes. Um, <laughs> from graduation to fast lane, what is the, what is the TLDR? What is the path that we took to get there? It was actually a really weird path. So going into my senior year of college, I ended up taking a uh, software engineering job at Rockwell Collins in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. I had a few offers and like three were the same kind of like thing as what my internship was, just like enterprise software. And I kind of wanted to try something new. And Rockwell Collins, I was going to be doing like military contracts for aircraft. I was going to be on a team that did like low level graphics for displays in aircraft more specifically. And I was like, cool, I'm young. We'll, we'll try something fun. Um, but at the same time, me and some of my current coworkers entered a, uh, a 24 hour hackathon, which is insane to think about these days anymore. I can't, I can't even like think about code for 24 hours straight. <laughs> And uh, we ended up making this whole platform web uh, front and back end and an Android app um, that allowed you to create and give virtual tours in like a town, kind of what like Airbnb has today. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was it was it was actually really cool. But the hackathon, the, 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 the prizes are how things were graded. I don't know what the word is uh, scored were actually more like a business model a thon. So, uh, needless to say, we did not get first. Um, and first was uh, entrance to a local incubator um, where you got like 20K in seed funding for your thing. Um, but uh, the people that ran were running it actually really liked what we created in a short amount of time. Uh, so, we actually ended up getting into the incubator still um, with this idea. The name was called Untoured at first because you were giving a tour, but you didn't have a... a a tour guide. So ah. it was like an, 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 an untour. Uh, <laughs> uh, we shortly got a cease and desist from someone in the UK. Uh, and we ended up changing our name to Jaunt, spelled J A W N T, um, which we actually ended up liking better. Uh, so this was going on the summer post graduation along with uh, my new job. And so I was, I was working remote in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Uh, this story has a point. I was doing the job during the day and I was moonlighting this startup at night and the startup was so much fun. Like I was doing Android, a lot of fast paced stuff, like cool design, like actually creating stuff. And then at my day job, I they ended up changing teams on me and I was on the Blackhawk team, but they were in a four year testing phase. Yeah. So I was just checking boxes in a giant binder, not even on a computer, on a, in like a paper binder. Oh my goodness. It was miserable. Just and I was like in this like big like warehouse thing and like I didn't see daylight. I would come home for lunch and just nap during the day because like I just hated it. And because you were staying up all night uh, moonlighting. Well, yeah, but that was fun. So I didn't <laughs> right, <care>. right. <laughs> uh, if I enjoyed my day job, I like I probably would have like actually like put more towards it. But anyway, I quit after two months 
Um, and my manager is like, well, uh, the day that I actually quit was the same day as our presentation um, in front of like a whole bunch of investors in Madison, Wisconsin. Ah, okay. Or I guess it was the day after the presentation because I drove during the night to get back for my last day. And the the guy who, well, I didn't even have a manager because my manager also quit. So like my manager was like actually four levels up from me. It was, it was a, it was a terrible situation. <laughs> and he's like, no one quits here. And I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> Is that a threat? I am. Because apparently people like it and like the benefits and all of that stuff. And I'm just like, uh, I'm out. Um, and instead I was going to like burn a bridge and I'm like, I, I, I don't, I don't like what I do. Uh, so during the same time we had, we had offers for follow on investment, but we didn't actually like running a travel business because we were young. We didn't travel much. It just didn't really fit, but we liked creating cool things. So we decided to all start a software consulting company, Rock and Cat, which is the one uh, I'm still at right now. And uh, I was the first one to go full time because I just YOLO quit my job. <laughs> um, and over, over, a year, there was four engineers and a designer that we all got to work full time. So when I was full of work, one guy would work at night. And then when he was like full of night work, he quit his job and then joined full time from there um, and just dominoed into five of us working full time. So that's that's kind of how Rock and Cat got started from this weird combination of I hated my post-grad job along with being in an incubator and actually not liking having a product company at the time but uh so rock and cat is now uh, be nine or ten years old this september wow and i did a lot of i did a, a lot of mobile yeah that's what i was gonna ask was it was it basically whatever work you could find or were you kind of it, uh at first yeah at first it was what whatever work we could find um i've i've, I've done i've done a lot of back-end stuff i have done some really bad front-end web stuff but i did find a lot of mobile um, and what let me do fast lane was I had a lot of mobile projects for a lot of small clients. And when you say mobile, is this, uh, Android, iOS or both? iOS and Android, both. Okay. Both. So I had a lot of things I was releasing and like test builds and app store stuff. And like, it was taking a lot of my time. And at that time, Felix was just, just like getting into the scene. And this is, uh, this is Felix Krauss, the, the original creator of fast lane, right? Yes. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, this looks cool. I feel like this tool could help me. And uh, I downloaded, installed it. I did some automation. It was great. Found some errors, made some PRs. Felix liked what I did. And I was on the core team within like a month. And just to, just to back up a little bit too, Fastlane is, for anybody who's not familiar, it's, a, it's an open source project for letting you, I, I guess initially it was like letting you create screenshots automatically for app store submissions uh yeah there were like a few small tools at first it was mainly or, and it was just ios um okay. so you could take screenshots upload like app store descriptions all that stuff across different localizations and then uh building things easier uploading the app to uh itunes connect at the time there were a lot of separate tools that just automated all the different processes okay cool so you you were using this because these tools made it easier for you because you were just having to repeatedly do the same things over and over again for all these different clients over and over again. Yep. Um, and since it's an open source project, you could just create some um, pull requests that made a yeah. tweak or a change to a tool that made it work a little bit better. And correct. Um, you making these pull requests 
got the attention of Felix enough so that you kind of got on as one of the core contributors. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, January 2015. I think he announced it like December of 2014. Yep. Yeah, yeah. 2014 is when he started it, I think. Yeah. And yeah, that's kind of how I got into Fastlane. Then I just kept using it over the years in the consulting business and I started doing consulting for it itself. So like there were clients that needed their processes like cleaned up, automated, all that kind of stuff. So I actually did that for them. And I became Fastlane lead maintainer in 2018. Yeah. And the quick like journey of Fastlane, because it started out as this open source project, Felix sold it to, did he sell it directly to Twitter? I know it was like part of Fabric at one point. Yes. Yeah. So like him and uh, Fastlane got like acquired slash hired by Twitter um, with the stipulation that it would remain open source. Okay. 100% for infinity time (laughs) and then twitter eventually sold uh, all of their different fabric tools of which fastlane was kind of bundled in to google and that was in 2017 right i believe that was 2017 okay and along with those tools came felix i believe so he was a google employee and lead maintainer of fastlane yep and then he he left Fastlane and Google, I guess, at the same time in 2019. Uh, that was tw- so he handed over Fastlane lead maintainer to me in 2018 because okay. they were focusing on something else internally around Fastlane. Um, and Fastlane needed a little more help, and I had quite a bit of experience. Uh, so I was a pretty good fit for that. But then, yeah, he left in the summer of 2018, I believe. Okay. And so uh, part of what I'm curious about is, is that handoff? So it kind of makes sense, you know, Felix created the thing and obviously it sort of became a, a, I don't want to call it a business tool, but you know, it got him a job at Twitter Mm -hmm. and then that was his actual job. You, at least up until this point, you were basically doing PRs out of the goodness of your heart sort of slash selfishly because it's a tool that you use all the time <laughs> and yeah. it ended up becoming kind of a business for you is becoming an expert at Fastlane. Um, but what what was the process of kind of becoming the lead maintainer? Like, because that's kind of a lot of responsibility, right? Yeah, it uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's still quite a bit responsibility and I don't think I knew exactly what was all involved while doing <laughs> it. Um, but like, I'm... I wouldn't have made another choice because like like having this role was also like kind of my dream. Like I had a, I had a few other open source projects that I maintained uh, that I created a few years before then and I really enjoyed doing open source work. Um, and when we do a, a lot of our consulting, a lot of it is based upon open source work, which like we always wanted to give back uh, to open source because that's kind of what made our consulting life easier. Right. Um, so that's kind of how I like found this passion for open source. So being able to like lead a tool that was both open source and a community that was just super awesome um, was kind of like, uh, heck yes, I'm going to do it. Let's go. And like, I'm sure you have more data or like actual numbers around this, but it seems like Fastlane is just the tool that basically everybody uses like everywhere (laughs) yeah it's kind of powers a huge part of the especially ios uh developer ecosystem yeah it's pretty much industry standard in like the ios apple 
ecosystem. Um, a lot of big companies do use it. Uh, GitHub, Uber, Shopify, a lot of small companies use it. A lot of indie developers use it. Um, a lot of uh, like CI services and tools that do app store submissions for you use it. So it is kind of, it is pretty much everywhere except for probably in Facebook. Does that feel like, is there like a weird pressure to that? Knowing that, uh, you know, especially because Apple isn't exactly known for um, deeply ahead of time telegraphing all of the things that they're <laughs> going to do. I'll put it that way. And so <clears throat> I'm not going to agree or disagree with that. Right. Yeah. Uh, so the point being, there can sometimes be uh, situations sprung upon you or uh, sprung upon the Fastlane team that need to be resolved pretty quickly. And while they're not resolved, they affect not just you and you know some amount of users or whatever it's like Mm -hmm. basically the entire you know ios developer ecosystem can't (laughs) run their uh automation tools for some period of time are the yeah like Uh, (laughs) that must be a lot of weight during those moments it's it is it's it's very weird like it is pretty terrifying how how many things do end up relying on like those quick fixes but at the same time Fastlane isn't the only like the only solution to do those things like if you need to do it you can manually submit your stuff it's fine like people might hate me for saying that but you can probably do it for a day I don't want you to have to do it for a day if it was up to me but like if it's a thing that 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 might take uh, a day or two weeks to fix like it did this past July uh, I mean there there are there are ways around it um and usually when things break it's not like entire fast line just different parts so like some parts may work some parts may not um the nice thing is we can iterate pretty quickly uh so we can fix like the most important thing like uh uploading your binary to the app store um but then like metadata might be broken and then we fix that and then we fix screenshots um so like we can we can move pretty quickly um and it being a like a pretty developer developer tool um we don't have to make official releases either when those like fixes happen like i can just push to a branch and people can download it yeah. and like run that so like it can get a little wild west feeling <laughs> but uh that's probably not like the biggest pressure is like those situations those i kind of find fun um it's like if i want to take a vacation for a week or two that's that's a bigger pressure yeah because i mean so i don't know how much you know you need to like not divulge or whatever but you do have somewhat of a financial incentive to to maintain this right there's some sort of deal there um but you're the only one right i'm the yeah i'm the only uh paid full-time maintainer so if you want to go on vacation or as a well, we might talk about a little bit if you have a baby and you want to do the right thing as, as a yes. dad and uh, take that time off and spend time with your family. You know, there's there's probably a lot you have to do to kind of set the world up so that you can do that. Mm-hmm. What like whenever you took some time off uh, after having having a child, like how did you set yourself up so you could do that? Yeah, so we do have a pretty good core team um, of people that 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 do contribute pretty regularly. And everybody that is on the core team does have like a specific area where they like to maintain. Um, some are like in in the docs. Some are in like the Apple API stuff. Uh, some are more in like the deliver tool. Um, so when I need to like take a break or go away for a while or something, 
<clears throat> I kind of just like, hey, like I need, I need two weeks or, well, in this case, I'm like, I need like the month of January slash half December to like focus on, on life. If anything major comes up, ping me. If not, I'll like slowly look at, at PRs, merge important ones, get releases out, um, and then try and super catch up when I come back. Uh, so it's, it's not like no one's looking at it, but it, it definitely doesn't, doesn't get the full, full attention. Like I, I would want when, when I'm off. Right. But also like it, it, it doesn't necessarily like need that full attention all the time. Like it is, it is a very mature and stable tool. So like it can, it can last two weeks with, without updates if there's no like regressions or anything major coming in. Um, and there are plugins people can do to add their own, uh, add their own functions if they, if they want something. So like it hopefully is not blocking a ton of people, hopefully. Yeah. You kind of touched on a little bit there, but one of the things I'm curious about is like, what, what exactly do you, like, how do you bucket out your, your roles? Cause I feel like Fastlane is a, is a decently big tool. Like we said, used by a lot of people. So like on one hand you have all of these people committing, uh, uh, or pushing PRs that need to get reviewed or like need to, you, there's like the steady drip of things that need to happen. Yeah. But then there's also like traditional product role where you're kind of project planning and thinking about the future. And then also there's these sort of cataclysmic events where <laughs> one of the pieces that you're plugged into changes and you know, you have to update that. So like is kind of all of that kind of running through you and wh- what do you see yourself more or less as is it kind of like a ceo role where you're kind of taking on a certain thing at a certain time oh uh it, i mean it feels very much like an indie dev role i guess okay at, interesting uh, at some points um i mean the, the the good thing is fastlane is a pretty mature tool at this point so there's not like a ton of new features that need to be added all the time um the new features are mainly around like when apple releases something new and we have to build a tool around that or Android has something new we need to build around that. Um, that's kind of where like the main features are driven from, at least right now, um, along with like other cross-platform tools. So like if you want to add support for like Flutter or RN, mm. like that's 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 kind of where the new features are coming from these days, um, especially because we added a plugin system uh, a few years back. So any like external service that needs to get done, it should really be a plugin that like that company maintains or like somebody who's really passionate about that that can maintain ah uh, that makes sense a lot of those external services no longer actually live within fast links it did make maintaining a lot harder um we do still have some but um like uh hockey app was an internal fast line action uh but then hockey app got moved over to app center and now microsoft maintains the app center plugin um so like that's kind of where a lot of Fastlane power and new features lie are in those 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 plugins that anybody can create and install. Yeah, that sounds like that's that was a huge win, really beneficial uh, investment to make to set up that plugin yeah. architecture because yeah, it yeah. would get completely unwieldy without a huge staff mm-hmm. um, to kind of maintain all those different tools. Going back to your question, uh, it's it's not really a, like a ton of new features except for things that like pop up that have to get integrated into like the native tools. A lot of it is more like on the PR side, issue side. Um, I'm reworking the documentation uh, page right now because yeah, it I've was like <laughs> highly out of 
highly out of date in the build tools that it used to do its thing, um, which kind of prevented it from getting all of the like love and stuff it needs. So like this this month, I'm really focusing on making sure like docs are like new bunch of new stuff added a lot of tutorials examples uh, uh spaceship docs which are which is like the apple api module that we have um because a lot of people do like to use the apple api directly um and we don't really have docs for that necessarily so like i want to like the, the best thing we can do right now um to make users even more happier is just to do documentation like just full full overhaul so it's kind of like the, the big new feature that I'm working on, even though it's not really a new feature. And then on the, like you mentioned PR, I mean, there's an element of, uh, I don't want to say public relations, but you know what I mean? Everything's a little different because you're interacting so much with developers. Like it's a very yeah. different kind of relationship, I understand. But but I mean, you still have like kind of a slick website. Um, there's presumably like a Twitter account that, Yep. When something goes wrong, you're notifying people. Is that pretty much all like sort of run and managed by you then? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's <laughs> long a long pause. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's, there's a lot of things. Um, I mean, we also have more than one repository as well, uh, which, which n- needs to be looked at. So my indie devness, uh, I created an, a new, a new, dashboard monitoring tool that i needed to like monitor all the different repositories and have different rules um i never released it because i didn't want to support it right uh but i wanted to i've been wanting this product and i've been wanting it on my own so i just made it and it's actually helped me a ton like find regressions that i missed or uh uh, repositories that like weren't getting attention that like github wasn't showing me in like the the github dashboard views so um it's my attention is spread out not not just across like one one tool in the different aspects around that tool but also a lot of other other tools that fastline kind of embodies and all of your stuff lives in github right yes yeah every everything is open source 100 percent um we have two organizations there's a fastlane community organization fastlane dash community um and that's kind of like a home for like fastlane plugins and dependencies that no longer get maintained but are core to the fastlane ecosystem like people still used and like i have knowledge to maintain but don't need super maintaining this to them but we still want control over them right there's a lot there uh cries a little bit (laughs) (laughs) so i guess the other thing is you know like you're not a company like you like we said you're one person but there is a bunch of human beings involved in this you have a bunch of core contributors there's also just a whole bunch of other contributors that are you know, they need a thing. And so they just build it and then submit a PR or whatever. Um, yeah. So there's also like a community manager kind of role to what you would have to do. I would think too, right? Like, do you ever have to deal with people disputes or, uh, trying to encourage people or, you know, the types of things that you'd think of a leader of a big company having to do there's, there's, I guess an element of that with what you do too. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, the, there, there, there is a, a huge community and we do try and keep this like positive, positive community vibe, like no, no negativity, no anger, no harsh words. That comes out of dealing with build systems already. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, so like you can imagine like people like could easily get angry, but like Fastlane is, right. is in this really weird, weird developer tool spot 
with like the iOS community that like every everybody like it helps so much with what they do that if there's something like wrong with Fastlane and because we do have like a reputation of fixing things quickly that nobody actually gets not I want to say nobody like a high majority of people don't actually get angry um they they are pretty helpful and understanding so like it's 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 a really it's a really cool community it probably helps that it's not a black box so if somebody yes. really needs a thing you can be like awesome uh here's where you can go fix that and then submit a pr and i'll look at it exactly yeah it's a little bit harder to get angry whenever uh you could do the thing yourself to help yeah and like i'm totally willing to go like help people with prs if they go create them like a lot of our i'm gonna say like half the prs that come in are probably first-time contributors yeah that, um, that was actually a question is, i had because yeah which is which, which is super cool and like some people don't even have ruby experience um and they'll be like i did this thing i'm not sure and i'm like i was like you are super close and i love what you did i'll come in here like i would change this around i would add this and if they have an issue I'll add some commits to it to fix things. And they're like, oh, that's really cool. And I'm just like, it's like, it's, it's really cool to work with people who actually want to learn and contribute. Yeah, that that is really cool. Like, cause there's definitely um, a reputation with some open source projects that it's like hostile. And yeah, uh, I mean, I'm not like deeply embedded in any of these, but the impression I've always gotten with Fastlane is that it's kind of the opposite of that. It's very friendly. It probably because of the nature of, what it is you do get a lot of people that this is their first time contributing because they're at a job yep. where they have to make this thing work and the way to make it work is that they basically just have to go in and change how fast lane works a little bit and then okay i'll yeah. go ahead and submit that as a pr and so it's probably organically a lot of people's uh, sort of first experience with this this open source world yeah 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 i yeah i agree with that um and like the, the cool thing is like if we do ship a regression, which I'm not going to say doesn't happen because it it totally happens because software is software, <laughs> you can just like downgrade a version or not upgrade or like wait to upgrade like every every month or so if you need to. Like there are ways of, of, around the regression. So uh, sometimes something slips in, just don't upgrade. Usually don't need to unless something internally is super broken and that next upgrade fixes it. That's awesome. Which does keep a lot of pressure off because it's, it's not like an app that gets released on an app store and like everyone's using it and they can't choose which version of that app on the app store right. they actually want to use. So there is that added benefit. So if somebody wanted to get involved in open source uh, because, you know, especially people looking for their first job in, in software development or whatever, uh, that's often a pretty good way to, to do that, right? It's learning and it's kind of a little bit of a uh reputation builder what like do you have any advice for people that are wanting to do this for the first time that is always a very hard question because i i haven't had my first time in 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 open source in a long time where like i can give like actually good concrete advice um we do have like getting started docs uh docs on how to contribute um and i would just say just create a pr and I'll see it and I'll work with you on it. Like, I don't care if it's a bad PR. Like, if it if it looks bad, if the tests don't work. I mean, I I I create my own that PRs don't like don't pass tests and just fully break stuff. Like it happens. It's part of being a software developer. Just create it and we'll fix it together. Cool. So I guess 
moving on from Fastlane, then um there's a whole bunch of other you know projects and you've kind of alluded to a couple of them um that you sort of do on the side knowing you personally i know that uh one of you the greatest struggles in your life is not hitting uh file new project so i think it's just <sighs> yes. part of your life is creating new things um but mm-hmm. it seemed like last year there was i think it was last year there was sort of a, a change in tone where you sort of very intentionally sort of pushed yourself into the sort of indie ios developer community world is that accurate like was that on purpose or am i just imagining that yeah this is where my confession comes in like that's <laughs> it's your confession that's on you like i listened to your first episode and i'm like i feel this like that's that's like this indie dev life creating creating new things and like having people be excited about the new things and just kind of like oh th- this show this show yeah this oh, wow. this show <laughs> your first episode i was like I want to create something and I want to be on that show. Like, look at that. I've, I've, I've always been about creating things like of my own. I mean, I've, I've had apps in the app store before, like in like 2013, but they weren't like serious, like money making apps. They're just like, Oh, I built this thing. I'm just going to upload to the app store. Cause that's the next action that I do. And then, then I'm done. But, uh, actually like listening to your show, I'm like, wow, there's actually like, a way to make money off indie apps and like people are successful and enjoying it and like people love hearing about it and i'm like that seems like super dope i want to be in on that so like i knew like indie devs were a thing before this show but i didn't actually like know what an indie dev actually was the indie dev lifestyle and that this community actually like existed oh, so man. like wow i don't know where like i don't know like where i saw your first show from i think somebody probably retweeted it somewhere and like i i like also never listened to podcasts so like this was like a a weird thing for me to listen to and i was like i'm in i want to make something and then also be on this show (laughs) well uh i guess you can check that off your list then uh (laughs) check that's awesome so whenever so once you decided you wanted to do this what was what was kind of your first uh run at it was it an otter rss reader (laughs) no no not at all i had absolutely no idea um and when i first listened to it it was actually like at the start of well my goal for the for this this was like i think beginning of 2019 okay no wait what year are we uh no it would have been 2020 because i started it in 2020 so there you go like that didn't sound right that didn't sound right 2019 is when dark noise came out so that was before i was even in this world yeah i was like no that's not right uh beginning of 2020 my goal was like i want to get into like the the like underground like conference speaking circuit i don't know if that's what it's called but like that's kind of how i imagined it and uh, listeners of the show might remember uh that is the exact (laughs) thing that i've said before was that was that was one of my goals for 2020 oh yeah that's right that's right i bought luggage i'm gonna travel you know i had all these yeah yeah I had, I had like a full list of things like I was going to like submit talks to and it was all gonna be like fast lane related but like at the same time too I'm like like going up to that year I felt I don't know if this this phrase is getting uh, overused I don't even know if it actually is imposter syndrome but like being involved in fast lane like I'm part of the iOS community but I don't actually do a lot of iOS development so like I was there but I never felt like I actually like belonged in this really weird way like, no, I can see that because you, you sort of spend most of your time at that point in Ruby, probably. Yeah, 
It's like there's a house party on the inside and I'm looking outside but providing everybody with drinks on the inside. <laughs> yeah, you're like, like serving drinks as people walk into the party. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, it's, that's kind of what it felt like. And like, I don't mind because... Oh, that's interesting. I like serving drinks apparently. But like, <laughs> I also wanted to like be at the party. And I really did not like... I. I couldn't do cool things with AppKit. Like, I couldn't. So, like, a part of it was also Swift UI. Like, mm, yeah. I'm like, this is cool. Like, I really like how easy it is to, like, just quickly make something. It has a lot of good defaults and things. And I'm not great at it. So, I can build something useful pretty easily. Easily, in quotes. Um, <laughs> 80% of the way there. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I started doing some experimenting with Swift UI once, like, lockdown started. Because I'm like, what else? I don't know what else to do. So, like, I started doing, like, some, not really, like, making making any apps, but just, like, kind of, like, building building things, I guess. And, like, I, one, of my, one of my thoughts, too, was, like, I, the next app I wanted to make, I didn't want to have a backend in it. I needed the app to be, like, a standalone, standalone iOS app because I don't want to support a backend. That's just, I just, I just don't have the brain for that. Right. Yeah, I know that feeling. Yeah. It, it took me a while to find the idea that I wanted. And that was an app called Y'all Trippin'. Um, I don't know if I've ever talked to you about this one. I remember the name. I can't remember what it did though. <laughs> uh, so this was also at like the start of the pandemic. We're like, it's gonna, it's gonna end soon. And it was a, an app where you like, you could, you could create like bag travel bag templates, um, for packing. So like you're going on a, a short weekend trip, you select your short bag, uh, your wife's short bag, the dog bag, the boat bag, and then it gives you the full list of everything that you need. You check to make sure you have everything. And then when you pack to come back home, you uncheck everything. So like, cause I'm notorious for just forgetting like toothbrushes. And then like I buy a new toothbrush and like two years later, I'd have like a hundred dollars <laughs> of just like extra stuff I don't even need. Just piles of toothbrushes in your, uh, yeah. in your bathroom. Yeah. Yep. Essentially that. So like, that's what I started creating. And then when I was creating that, I realized I was looking at a lot of uh, blogs that I wanted to remember and I knew like RSS was a thing and I could never find an RSS reader that I actually liked that just synced over iCloud. I didn't want to pay for the the service that everybody uses, Feedly. Right. Because um, like I, I wasn't a hardcore user. So then from Y'all Trippin' I made an Otter RSS <laughs> which was just supposed to be for me at first like fugly like list that synced over iCloud that's all I want I swear it's unfair how good you are at names though <laughs> <laughs> I don't start a project until I have a name and I, I don't know so, if, if it's coming across in us saying it but it is an space otter as in the animal the cute animal uh, RSS <laughs> but yes, obviously an otter RSS I guess the joke there was that there's a whole bunch of RSS uh, readers and so this is another yep. one it is it is another one <laughs> and I just wanted it so yeah and like I wasn't planning on actually releasing it. Uh, and then like I tweeted it and then test flight and then people loved it. And I was like, ah, dang it. So I, I kind of continued on with that. I, w I wanted to add shortcuts to it, but I didn't want to like mess up my project to add shortcuts. Mm. So I created a new project, just, just supposed to be a sample project. Um, and I was like, what can I do to create shortcuts for something that I know like the domain of so I can just like work on like the tech part. And what is it that, what API are you an expert at? Uh, oh, right. I, I, I think it'd have to be App Store Connect. <laughs> you are probably the lead user of App Store Connect in the world. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, it's... The API, I mean. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't use the actual website, <laughs> not unless I have to. Uh, so I, I, I created that ConnectKit app where you would put in your like your API key, uh, secret, and with and shortcuts uh, to make any App Store Connect API call. And I added some helpers for additional uh, in-app payment tip i think is what i called it i don't know what i called it um and that was like i was like well this is like an, e- an easy quick app to release this is gonna be my first like indie app that i want to release um so like that all started from y'all tripping i went from this like trip list to a sh- pure shortcuts app that interacted with the app store connect api and that one so connect kit was your f- first app in this sort of period, I guess, uh, of your yeah, the first, <laughs> developer career, that was the first one that you yeah. released and kind of gave it your the full push. Yeah, the first app that I was se- like serious about. Yeah, yeah. Um, my first app, my first personal app in the App Store was a it was it was like Instagram, but you had stickers where you put dinosaurs on them that I drew. <laughs> Dinogram was the name. Uh, I'm thinking of re-releasing that one. Yeah, that but, one uh, needs to see the light of day. Uh, yeah, so that was the first one. But that one wasn't serious. Uh, <laughs> now, now it might be, but this is when I was like, I think I actually like, I, like I want to like try the whole like marketing aspect and things like that. And when I like did this, this was like post Indie Dev Monday. So that was after. So Indie Indie Dev Monday, your newsletter that started before yes. you released ConnectKit. It was, I think, right after I started working on y'all tripping. And before, before an Otter RSS. Man, see, I, this is this is the problem with doing the show with somebody uh, I'm friends with because I knew about a lot of these because you'd be talking with me about them and you kind of did the um, work on it in public thing on Twitter. Um, yeah, and so you had test flights for a lot of these uh, pretty far I ahead did. of time too. So okay. I think y'all tripping never had a test flight because that one is probably like ten percent done but I still have it out there. So we'll, we'll get to Indie Dev Monday in a little bit, but just okay. the quick the quickness of it, if it's relevant to what you're about to say, is that it's a newsletter, you know, interviewing. It's basically this show uh, in a newsletter form and more often. Yeah. So, like, I got a big... Like, I got a lot of inspiration from the Indie Devs that I uh, uh, featured or spotlighted and uh, kind of, like, what, what they did for, like marketing press releases stuff like that so i kind of wanted to do that with connect kit and I, I had it all set and then uh connect kit stayed in in review in the app store oh, for yeah uh, for i think it was at eight days before i started questioning anything and then i sent one of those email thingies to them and then it got rejected for something and it was uh, in review again not not waiting for a review in review for like another like 14 days and then eight days and four days uh it ended up taking 34 days to get approved with very minimal like actual rejections that i had to fix and the vast majority of that it's just sitting there in review with no feedback yes and i'm fairly certain is because i was the first app that actually used the app store connect api keys and they didn't know how to handle it (laughs) Because shortly after I released it, there were other apps that were also using the App Store Connect API that got approved relatively quickly, but still like in that same cycle. You were the one running it up the chain through yeah, legal and, and whatever other areas inside of the, the spaceship. Yeah. So like I, I had the whole like I had a marketing plan like the day like I submitted it. And then during this time, I actually like went harder on marketing 
um, which is actually good. Like I'm, I'm, I'm glad it, it didn't get approved because it, it probably wouldn't have been as, as quickly successful. I don't want to say successful. There's a very small market for people that actually want to use this app. Um, but I feel like it was successful for, for that size. And what, so what were all the marketing things that you did then? Uh, I actually created a legit website <laughs> and like I had a, a two minute long video that I created that kind of like showed everything it did created in an iMovie and then uh i teased that and then i had like a a press kit and then what else did i do and then i, I mean there was there was the the saga of it being in reviews for so long was probably a nice little build up uh to the release like building up some hype and stuff weirdly yeah it was uh yeah there was a lot of i don't want to go hype or and or like uh com- not necessarily complaining on twitter because i don't i don't like i don't like coming off as complaining but all that confusion on like why why hasn't it been approved yet <laughs> right um but I, I did have like a pretty like confusion ranty tweet and then it got released 12 hours later so <laughs> i feel like somebody saw it internally and was like okay like this needs to go because it was just a little too coincidental so during this time then uh you weren't just working on like marketing materials and stuff you kind of redoubled down into another rss reader right yeah because i need something else to do (laughs) (laughs) and that one i actually the reason i did it was because the test flight build was expiring and people were still using it and i didn't want to just have to like keep pushing test flight builds because they uh uh expired so i was like i might as well just release it so people can like just keep using it and uh so i i went ham on fixing that and then before releasing it i was like i'm just gonna add max support too because why not so i spent like three three days adding max support uh which was mainly clicking a checkbox but fixing a few small things and it, and at this time like uh my son was also born so i didn't have a ton of time to focus on the dev so i spent like two weeks in between like walking him and when i got to like to be awake to focus on marketing because i could think about marketing in these small small pockets first i could think about like code stuff so um i i did like the same kind of marketing for uh not RSS as I did connect kit, but I think it did a, a little more somehow. I don't exa- exactly know. Well, for one, it has the most adorable icon uh, of like yes. any app ever. <laughs> that that <laughs> probably you, did a lot you. of heavy lifting on its own. Yeah, I didn't want to release it without like I knew like the the, the thing with thing with an auto RSS is my my tagline is like it's the most okayest RSS reader. Like there are there are better ones that are more powerful ones, ones that definitely have less bugs. I just wanted an okay one that that had iCloud syncing. So that's how I marketed it as was like an adorable slash okay RSS reader. And apparently people enjoy that. And like I, in in, in that first day of release, like I got on uh, nine to five Mac, which was one of my like goals. Um, I was on iMore and in a Mac Stories Club thing, and then a whole bunch of other things, and on some German site that I had to translate in Google Chrome. <laughs> and I left a comment on there that then somebody appreciated that I uh, tried to respond. I think um, <laughs> properly. So like it was, it was 
really fun to like have that like post launch excitement. And that was when I wanted from listening to your first episode way back in the day, which way back in the day was almost a year ago. Yeah. Like Otter is definitely, I mean, RSS is niche to a degree, right? And it's, it's sort of a nerdy thing, but it's definitely way more, way broader of a market. And I, I don't know if I've said it here before, but I feel like RSS readers are one of those weird things that the, the like scope of how much they need to do isn't that big, but it feels like everybody has intensely strong personal tastes Mm -hmm. surrounding them. It's kind of similar Mm -hmm. to podcasts or podcast players where it's like, it doesn't feel like you, it feels like you could write down, you know, the feature set and they should all look almost the same. And on the surface, they they almost all do look the same, but they behave completely differently. Yes. Especially in on mobile. I learned that podcast is actually RSS by the way. Well, right. Yeah. That's a good point. I didn't know that. And I learned that along the way, which was, which was super awesome. Yeah. I foolishly in an early podcast, uh, venture like built my own dumb network because i didn't want to pay for hosting and i got way too in the weeds uh on on that (laughs) but uh, that sounds like a very developer thing though yeah well actually the the little preview episode that you'll get or well most people most guests get but you might not because (laughs) we're on a very short time schedule that's fine uh that actually is like hosted on my dumb little network that i manually build with this electron app i built a long time ago and it's we can talk about a different day but it, that's a whole dumb thing the point is i, I like did get into the this. weeds a little bit on rss and it is uh it is kind of fascinating yeah like it's 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 simple but then like there are like a really bunch of weird use case or not not uh re- re- really weird edge cases in the rss themselves there's like three slash four different formats yeah and then like not every website will do them 100 percent correctly so like things then things can get like really weird so like with an otter rss i was like i'm not actually gonna like most rss readers store the actual like website content and like display it in like a really nice reader format and i'm like uh -uh, i'm going like super lazy here um and i'm getting the title description url and we're gonna use safari's own reader view because i'm not in it for the actual like consistent like uh, very specific reader look to it. I want it for the iCloud syncing. So I didn't care how it read. Right. That's why I created it for me. It's like a really lightweight wrapper around a specific use case. And like you alone <laughs> yeah. are probably not going to be able to compete uh, on, you know, the amount of time that you want to give this with all oh, these no. other companies and all this stuff. But by making it kind of specifically for yourself, it can kind of strike a chord yeah. with other people who, Mm-hmm. You might want the like exact same you know sort of sliver yeah everything i build is just for me and i share it because i can and so you said you got a decent amount of press with that but as far as users what do you think kind of resonated with people um that that use it a lot of people love the icon <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, the icon's uh, so good <laughs> it is uh but besides that uh, i've gotten a lot of feedback on like people have like they tried reader four. they've tried other ones and they couldn't like, they couldn't understand how like to onboard or how RSS worked or like how to add a feed and like what a feed actually, like how it was represented. And to be honest, 
that's also why I never used other RSS apps. Like I just couldn't understand it. Things were laid out in a weird way that my brain didn't understand. And it, it, it just felt, it felt weird. So I created this in a way that I understood RSS for both like reading, listing and adding feeds. And I think that's probably what caught on is that like I'm capturing that market that also couldn't understand like how the other apps worked, why they worked. And like if I use those other apps now, like I'd probably be totally fine. But that's that's not that's not the reason why I created it. Right. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And you mentioned uh, like during this process is when. Um, your son was born. Yes. And I, one of the things that I really appreciate about you online is that I feel like you are very vocal about, um, taking time off and spending time with your, with your kid and like, just, I don't know, super, like, I, I feel like a lot of people and I'm one of them, like I almost shy away from it. Cause I'm, I don't know, uh, I don't, I actually don't know the reason why it just feels like, yeah, this is this thing that I talk about here. And then I don't want to like burden people with something that's outside of the, my normal scope here. I honestly, I saying it out loud, I don't know the reason for it, but I like deeply appreciate that you do that. Cause I think it's putting out a good way of like structuring your life to the world. If that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, so the, the the reason that like I'm my like social presence is it's pretty personal without like going to personal details. I'm pretty like not like not like raw with my like emotions or what I'm doing or like ashamed of what I do, but like I'll keep it like good vibes and like PG, but still be pretty real. And the reason is like I've had a stutter since I was in like second grade. So like it's very hard for me in real life to actually like say how I'm feeling towards things because like I I can't actually say it um when I'm talking about stuff like this I can just keep talking because like it's words that come easily but like if I'm talking about something that's like uh, like 100% serious like how I feel and stuff like that it's very hard for me to like physically say it so that's kind of why it comes out easier through like Twitter because that's my medium of like getting that stuff out and I know if I feel that way, there are probably a bunch of others that also feel that way that appreciate hearing the things that I want to talk about like that. Yeah. And like, that's another one is your, like you have a lot of stuff in your earlier blog posts about, um, about your stutter and how like Twitter and this sort of online world allows you to express yourself a lot more yeah, uh, freely feeling, I guess, so to speak. Yeah. But it is it is really fascinating and inspiring to me that like you sort of set this goal for yourself last year of of doing more speaking and like conference talks and stuff like that and unlike me you've actually been doing that uh over the year (laughs) virtually yeah Uh, (laughs) i like accomplished my goal of doing one little like meetup talk thing and then i was like all right i'm gonna count that i'll wait till next year so, so we can all like fly somewhere together but I'm in- just interested to hear like about that process. Do you, is it like, is it more nerve wracking to do a talk because of this and you just sort of power through it or like, yes and no. So I have a better time or like a better at being fluent the more often that I talk. Okay. So lockdown was hard, like being like stuck inside and like not talking to anybody else for like, like the, the hard lockdown, like three, four months, like, I couldn't go to Starbucks and order a drink. I couldn't like, I couldn't, I couldn't do anything like phone call sucked, like even more than usual. Uh, cause I, I didn't, I wasn't t- 
talking to other people as much like the sort of like the the muscles you, you couldn't like build yeah, up the muscle yeah. or keep it it's, loose yeah it's it's pretty similar to like working out where like the, the 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 more often you work out the better and less sore you'll be so and like me talking is kind of like that so like the the, the more i'll talk the more confident i get the the more like the less i'll struggle right and talking in person is the easiest form of like physical talking phone calls will just always suck uh video calls suck less than phone calls um what about podcasting (laughs) podcasting is actually not bad if i am talking about myself which not to sound like conceited but like because that's 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 not where like that's coming from but it's hard for me to ask people questions because mm. the, there's not really like another other ways for me to phrase those questions so if i mess up i'm just like stuck in the water right where if i'm talking about myself there's a lot like a lot of different like paths i can go through which then makes me more relaxed which then i can talk easier that makes sense so like the hardest thing for me to say is my name like i can't say my first name pretty much to anyone like phone calls anybody else like meetups any introduction is just like super Mm. tough so i'm like if i go to conference and i speak people know who i am so i don't have to introduce myself right which is like the most over-engineered way of introducing myself (laughs) yeah (laughs) work your way up uh, a big open source project enough that somebody will introduce you as you walk on stage and honestly that's kind of that's that's kind of it like i mean not not necessarily but like it's it, i don't know it's 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 so weird having a stutter because it's not like one of those disabilities that like can like really stop me in its tracks but like it's always 100 percent in my mind right. when i talk it just gets exhausting but like if i keep talking then i think about it less so going to talks and doing talks more often i think about it less think about it less and just generally things feel better well i obviously i can't speak for other people but i i would imagine that it's pretty inspiring for anybody else who uh, has a similar disability or, or speeching. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Impediment. Yeah, there you go. Speech impediment or Which something like that. Which is also like a really weird, a, a really hard word to say with a stutter. Yeah, that yeah, that seems like a cruelly named word. Um, yeah. But I, I definitely think it's really cool. One, it's inspiring that you, you know, you push through it and uh, you can still, you know, not can still, but that you do... Sp- speak and do all this but also just that you talk about it so openly it took me a long time to get to that point though yeah it was like a lot of years of shame and trying to hide it and then i was like you know what i'm kind of tired of that like it is what it is and it made me who i am so let's just embrace it and like an interesting parallel in a smaller scale but like did it mean much to you whenever like joe biden uh became president oh my god i yeah that was huge huge like probably like tears in my eye because like yeah i mean there are political things that i obviously don't disagree with some that i do no one's gonna make you 100 percent happy sure um unless like you became president that that'd be amazing right. but, uh, <laughs> but like just like knowing like the stuff like he went through and like just like seeing him on stage speak like i i get mad anxiety when he speaks but it's also like really inspiring that's yeah i mean and from his perspective he's just 
playing the long con to have you know the speaker of the house introduce him so he doesn't have to say hi i'm joe uh (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly it it's exactly it done deal but i think there's probably like i mean this audience here isn't necessarily (laughs) this gigantic audience but when you're speaking when you're doing this stuff there's probably people out there that uh hearing you do that it's like shows that there's this path that okay this is this is a thing that like i can do i can talk about it and you have a like sort of i don't know you're like blazing a trail so to speak um and showing what can be done and i think i just think that's really cool yeah it's kind of what kind of what i hope for because i uh i subscribe to the r slash stuttering subreddit i think Hmm. i think it is and uh it is it's kind of uh a dark place like there's a lot of people who have worse stutters than i do so like i'm very fortunate to have one that is like not like there 100 percent all the time but like it's also somewhat inspiring to like hear some of the success stories and like i kind of want to like i know like i'm not in the same boat as majority of those people but if it can like provide any sort of help that'd be amazing yeah no i i think i mean that's the case with with all people right but like yeah uh it's kind of the (laughs) it's it's why it's exciting when anybody who's not represented all the time you know like white male from america having somebody that looks like you acts like you it has gone through a similar life experience that you that can show sort of what is possible even if you intellectually know that seeing it is so different i feel like yeah it is like seeing seeing grandpa joe speak um (laughs) that's kind of how like i imagine him because he's just like a super loving caring feeling guy but like seeing him speak is just like after after he won presidency i don't know if one is the correct word but like that speech was just like it's for real like one of us is up there kind of thing yeah yeah no that's that's really cool and and thank you for talking about it i like i also think it's helpful for people who don't have setters to hear from people who do just to have more empathy you know what i mean or uh, yeah. be more understanding and so yeah because it is it's is kind of a disability that you you can't you can't see and then so like when people do hear it they they tend like you get like either like two crazy reactions either people that said they they had one as a kid um which i'm always like i don't want to like not believe but i'm like oh, i kind of wish mine was just gone um, right yeah, then, yeah. The people who like who kind of like make fun of you like oh you can't say your name or you forgot like your mom's name or something like that and i'm like no i didn't forget and i'm not an idiot i just literally can't say it so like it's it's like two extremes of like how how people react so like having more awareness for it would be easier for people with stutters because a, a lot of it is the anxiety of people not knowing that you have one right so in in all of my talks that's my third slide is hey i have a stutter i have this giant fear of public speaking but here i am yolo let's do this let's have fun yeah that's awesome and it sort of breaks the uh breaks through some of that anxiety probably breaks the ice yeah yeah it does that's awesome well uh i do i did want to talk about indie dev monday but i know we're a little short on time so uh, we can go along it's fine yeah. <laughs> so really quickly uh indie dev monday like we said earlier it's it's a weekly still uh newsletter yes where you interview different uh indie developers and you ask them a bunch of questions um and you post it weekly and whenever you started out it was two people in uh, an episode a uh 
issue i guess that was what you call it issue yeah 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 but i think now you're down to one but still it's that's quite a clip um what what got you started doing that (laughs) so this was half this credit is actually you um again uh the other half is christian um which have you had christian on your show see like i think he was my second guest yeah yeah so that i guess it probably makes sense that uh you two were the ones that were kind of starting it well started it for me but uh i think that was is it like july 17th was that the day when uh it was his birthday oh yeah and and your launch of dark noise 2 on the exact same day and he was having a lot of like his big um animal animal shelter and yeah thing going on and then you had your big dark noise 2 launch and there's just a lot of like indie dev hype in twitter and i'm like this is this is it like this is what i want to like see every day and then like i joked in a tweet i mean like something like that that i was like i want this like every week i'm like i could i could probably make this happen every week somehow um and monday was the day i picked because i believe your launch and like that whole day was a monday so i was like let's just do this next monday so (laughs) i uh came with idea for like this indie interviewer style newsletter because i didn't really know what else to talk about within the indie dev community because like i wasn't really in it i didn't have any apps but like i want to get into it um so i think i actually like dm'd you as like hey is this like an actual like idea because like i didn't know and i think you loved it but you're like be careful don't like interview too many people at once because you'll burn out (laughs) and i was like nah that's not gonna happen (laughs) um well now i'm at one because uh i stopped when uh hudson was born doing two because it was a lot to handle and i want to make sure that I, i kept going every week but like i wanted to like have this set of like questions that repeated for each dev and then like app specific questions um so like the the first five questions are like where are you from what got you into dev what do you do for your daytime job uh how do you balance your time because that's the hardest thing as an indie dev unless you're fully indie dev but then that's also a hard time um and then i got like into app specific questions like oh like what got you into making this or why did you do, do this decision or what was the hardest thing you did about this app um and like i I wanted to actually like get get kind of personal with both the dev and the app because that's kind of what indie dev is it's not just about the app it's not just about the dev it's about the combination of both because that's why that app is created right um which is why you you have this show um but you go into a lot like deeper details with people and i don't have the attention span for that Um, (laughs) i also couldn't do a podcast because that's that would be like uh, my stuttering nightmare and I'd probably cancel every meeting with everybody who I've scheduled. So, but I was like, I can do a text thing and just email like this is totally fine. And that's kind of what it started off as. So I emailed uh, or I DM'd like two people on Twitter for the first issue that like I knew had uh, apps um, that they were not like super well known indie devs, but like I didn't want it to just be about like the big names. Right. Um, I wanted everybody to kind of be represented. Um so I got the first two, sent him questions, and I was like, I kind of need this back within like 24, 48 hours if you can. Uh, luckily, they did. And then that's kind of how the first the first one started. And the reason I didn't ask like you right away was because I wanted to make sure that I could keep it going with people that I didn't, that were like outside of my friend group. Right. So that I could kind of keep keep growing the circle and adding more to it. And like 
in each issue, I wanted to pair like one like more well-known indie dev with a lesser known one so that like the lesser known one can piggyback off of the other ones like social network. Right. Um, and that, that, that seemed to work out pretty well for, uh, when I was doing, uh, two, two per issue. Um, I'm going to get back to two per issue once I can like stack a bunch of people up and find like a full day just to like send out questions to like 20 people. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of been going, going along with uh, with that uh ever since and we're on i think next week's issue is 39 oh man i've never been this consistent in anything else in my life you're past uh you're past me already i mean i think i'm at 30 no 30 you'll be 31 so yeah you're well past me now i mean your issues are or not issues episodes are a lot longer yeah well yeah it's definitely it's definitely a different thing but uh honestly though like i feel like for for me for this show one of the hardest things is bucking up the courage to ask somebody if they'll come on yeah <laughs> like it, it it's like the amount of time i will spend thinking about like i've already landed on who i'm gonna ask and then i'll just be like well will they would they really care to come on this and like how do you ask i'll type it out like 30 times but i'm trying to keep it really short because i don't want to waste any of their time yeah i think i think my spookiest that i've asked uh that i've asked for the newsletter was james thompson yeah and uh he was like right away heck yes and i think one of the fastest responders and i'm like why was i so scared like the nicest guy of all time i got lucky with him because when i like originally announced that i was gonna do the show somebody responded with uh james thompson you should get james thompson and like tagged him and he was just like yeah sure hit me up and i was like oh what (laughs) easy easy and and he was uh, he he no christian was the first one i recorded he wasn't the first episode but he was the first one i recorded but i think that same day i recorded james thompson because i did i bundled up a whole bunch for the very beginning that's a day and uh he really i mean amazing person yeah one of the kindest people ever um and he just like stayed on after we recorded and we talked a little bit and he really made me feel welcome as part of this community and uh yeah that that was a big moment i feel like for me in giving me confidence that it was okay to ask for what to me were like these titans in this sort of space yeah i i totally get that and like i'm still i'm still friend and because i'm like oh like I don't want to take up your time for this newsletter that's mine, but I'm like, it's kind of what indie dev life is though. It's to just like take advantage of like all of these like indie dev community bits that you can to grow you and your product. So like, it's just part of like in indie dev life to, to be a part of things like this. Yeah. I think. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just grateful that everybody seems like they're so kind. Well, yeah. I mean, this like whole iOS community is just kind in general. I feel like, like there are other dev communities that like, I mean, I don't want to, specifically shame some but there's some that have been in that are like oof like uh i don't even want to say anything so i'm going to get burned for like the smallest mistake but like this ios community is just so like helpful and forgiving and like builds each other up that it's it's really easy to ask people to like help with things because they're just like heck yeah let's do it let's go i'm free in two hours you want to talk then yeah no i i was really excited whenever you got that going and it's been um 
it's the only newsletter I really keep up with. I'm subscribed to a couple and I try to read them, but I'm generally bad at uh, reading uh, like newsletter kind of things for whatever reason. But when yeah. I add them to my RSS uh, reader, ironically, um, I do try to keep <laughs> up. And yours is one that I'm always looking forward to. Um, obviously, there's like a shared interest with uh, indie devs. It's it, it's generally a pretty easy read, which is which is nice. Like there's not there's not things you have to re- really think about. You can just kind of do it casually. Yeah. Um, so I guess in the same vein of, uh, you know, the kindness and inspirationalness of, uh, of the iOS community and, you know, our indie community at large, I guess, um, I guess I can wrap things up by asking the question that I ask everybody and I've learned everybody kind of dreads, uh, and is scared of this question, which is, uh, what, what is a person or people out there that have inspired you? that you recommend others check out? I didn't, I didn't, I don't want to say dread. It was, uh, I couldn't figure out who to pick because like <laughs> with the newsletter, there's so many people that like I, I look up to now that, uh, that, that I could easily choose. So like I could probably give you five, but that's, that's, that's not really the point of this. <laughs> so uh, I hope I don't butcher the last name, but Michael Tigus. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, also don't know if that's pronounced right but yeah uh he makes focused focused work and uh it's i've used the app myself a lot and it's just like this really like elegantly simple like focus timer like pomodoro kind of thing but there's more on top of that that's not just that one because that one didn't work for me ever um that like keeps you like focused on your work um with the different like session lengths and stuff like that and it's not just like the app that's like really great about him. He's very, very open in his like full indie dev uh, process. He has this this like great blog series from when he started making the app to everything he's continually doing. Um, and he builds the app completely in the open too. Like he's currently working on uh, the Mac version, um, which you might be interested in checking out if <laughs> yeah. you haven't seen his his stuff on that but uh i think that's also a whole thing but he's he's enjoying it and kind of learning all the fun stuff along the way um but like he's he's really embracing like the indie indie dev uh spirit by building out in the open being honest about his his path and just just enjoying it that is that is a really good one so if you need somebody for your show I kind of want to hear more about him. <laughs> I'll, uh, I think he's already on my list, actually. Uh, is he? Oh, perfect. Do you want me to ask him for you? Well, let's see, because I've never had this happen before, but there is a chance that he listens, and if he is, uh, <laughs> reach out, and we, we'll set up a time. How about that? Yeah. And if not, yeah, uh, yeah. I like that. Know, I'll reach out. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, we're a little bit over time, but we're not, we're not doing too bad here. So I mean, we started a little bit late, didn't we? <laughs> we did uh, well, uh and and we have an extra week in there so we have to make up for that content that's true yes this is this is a week and a half or yeah two three weeks instead of two weeks worth mm-hmm. of content uh because yeah. we're consistent here at launch fm uh, <laughs> 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 this is uh, late friday recording uh maybe it wasn't the best idea either <laughs> late friday a little bit loopy i've been I've been up since I think two for Swift Heroes. Oh man! Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm uh, getting ready for bed here. All right. Well, uh, before before I let you go, where can people find you and uh, your work? Which <laughs> I guess there's like ten places for the second part. 
Well, I'm very much on Twitter uh, at Josh D. Holtz. Um, you can probably pretty much find everything from there. Uh, website, GitHub, all the things I work on. Fastlane, ConnectKit, Anotter RSS, Rockin' Cat, Any Dev Monday. Everything is pr- pretty much linked from my bio. So Twitter at Josh D. Holtz. Even if you don't use Twitter, you can just go to it and then click things around and find stuff that I do. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining me um, and thank you for hanging out. Uh, Thanks for having me and starting this whole launched podcast because if it wasn't for this, who knows what I'd be working on right now. Probably nothing cool. (laughs) No, probably like a hundred things. It just would be different things. Fast lane related, (laughs) but probably nothing, nothing that is actually like out there and serious. So thank you for starting this podcast. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to discuss the show, you can find me on Twitter at underscore Chucky C or tweet the show directly at launched.fm. I'd really appreciate a rating or review in Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Breaker, or whatever your podcast of choice happens to be. And you can find show notes and more at launched.fm.com. Launched.fm.